0: One, two, three,
1: four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the Weird Eye podcast. We are your hosts, Adrian Spotaro. And Bogdan Andrusak. And in this episode, we're going to talk about teaching and learning.
0: As much as COVID brought negativity to our life, I think there's one positive impact is that it gave us time to put some time into self-education and uh, we together, as you even uh, offered other people opportunity to educate, we started online course and generally all the people that are studying now have to shift to online courses. Uh, Both students, school kids, and other people that want to improve their skills. And I think it's uh, good and it will change the perspective of people that online education is not as valid as, uh, for example, traditional university education or, or school education. And what is cool about online education, it helps to make a new improvement in education. Because my personal opinion is that our schooling system, our education didn't change much from, you know, for centuries. We basically have the same approach to schooling. We have school, a bunch of kids sitting in one room with one teacher. They have a program that they have to learn. And there is very rudimentary ways to track how the student progress over time. Yes,
1: I totally agree with that the system is definitely very static and it doesn't really consider the dynamic nature of learning from the student perspective and also from the teacher perspective. For those people who don't know our online course, me and Bogdan did in March, I think, right? March, one year ago. One year ago, we did a introduction into data science where you learn the basics of data science in a very fun, interactive way. And since then, we both of us were very interested in this field of learning and teaching. And yeah, I, I see definitely th- our course actually was from partially because of frustration of our learning education, our learning road in the university where I think we learn more on our own and in our free time than actually at university when it comes to data science skills. Do you agree on that, Wagner?
0: Yes, of course. Uh, yes, Especially for uh, when learning data science and any new cutting-edge field of technology, it's very hard for universities to keep up uh, with uh, new stuff because every day there is new papers. For example, the papers uh, we prepared today for the podcast are all published in uh, 2020. Some of them are already in 2021. So this is the newest technologies and this teaching program for university or school is set every bunch of years. So when you're studying your university, when you finish it, this program may be not the most up to date.
1: So there is definitely a lot of ways to improve education system. And one of the great ways to improve that is through
0: AI. <laughs> of course. Benefit of like online studying and doing all exercises, all studying online. It help us and or educators uh, to track all interaction of student with material. We can see when they submitted exercise, how much time they needed to uh, to for for every given exercise, and then we can see like correlation between time and their grades.
1: Yeah, with so much data now coming, especially in an online setting like this, it definitely understands, give us a better understanding on how students learn and how we can, based on those statistics and data, we can improve either the material, either the learning experience for the students, and other related stuff. So there are a lot of ways that AI can go with uh, teaching. Should we like you know list them up somehow, maybe structurize this? Yes, yes let's. Hmm. So, the first one is I would say the course can adapt to the student with that AI. So, if the student is a bit struggling, then AI can help it pick it up. So, one example of this actually, share me this paper. It's called Improving Students' Performance in Small Scale Online Courses, where they use moodle so this is a online teaching system where they the university put all the content online on moodle and moodle has a lot of statistics so log tracking logging of the students on on the content on the on the different forums and stuff like this and also the grades and the exams and the exercises and stuff like that and based on that information they could detect if a student needs help Like, uh, so if they need to intervene in their learning study, and also with AI, they could find a good intervening strategy, right? Not all students are different. Some students need help with something different. And this algorithm could help them really find where they need help. And in this case, with that much data, you know, of the logging, they could train first these simple models. And they've shown that students which were low performing in the first half of the course with this AI, they overall increased the graded and even led that those students who performed badly became the students which actually were high achievers in the end. So it really changed the type of students only through this AI
0: assistance. The other cool study, or very related to what you just described, is the study on student procrastination. and. Uh, it's also done by tracking activity of students and logging when they did exercises and they model the process of each student learning and they figure out that there is three clusters of students quite expected. So the students that procrastinate a lot, students that do not procrastinate at all, and the others that are like in between, sometimes they are always in time, sometimes they put everything till the deadline. And not surprisingly, the grade of their final exam correlated a lot with to which group they belong. So students that did everything on time tend to have uh, higher uh, grades in their, <laughs> in their uh, final exam. But uh, this, this is uh, quite important in order for teachers to see that, okay, so this student is like falling behind or sl- slacking, or maybe they have some hard patch, and then they can help that student. Because for me, when you sit in a traditional setting of school, it's one teacher, twenty kids, and uh, it's really hard to see what they are doing or how they are performing. But when it's all locked and you just open dashboard of your students, you can immediately see and and as there is ready research, it suggests like how and when to interfere.
1: This paper, which I briefly mentioned with like using the logs and so on, to help to know when to interview and how to intervene. We can even push this even further, and that is in Zoom calls, on your online calls. So when you have the live lecture. Before, there was no way to get really feedback from the lecture, because here's here's the thing. The student is locked in the room, he has to stay there. There's a big uh, social pressure to stay there and not stay and go leave the room. And students will stay even if, they, if they're bored of their mind in the lecture. They Maybe will, with the laptop, they will play solitaire while you talk about something else. But now with the AI, you could actually find out if the students are paying attention or not. Now we now this can go very dystopian, but let's talk about it in a very optimistic, positive way for now.
0: So far, we are trying to stay optimistic on uh, AI applications and not like really think how it can be misused. So we we, we hope we hope to, we hope to give a bright light. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is this paper called Attention-Based Video Summaries of Live Online Zoom Classes, where they tracked. With some basic eye-gazing algorithm, the attention span of the student. Now, this is not no, not new news, it's quite highly correlated with attention span and stuff like this. But the new application was the following: After the lecture, every student for every student got the attention span like when they were focusing the lecture when there wasn't focusing and with that information you can make statistical of this so see if if like uh, during the lecture a part of lecture was very boring like everybody wasn't taking attention then most likely the teacher is fault that everybody wasn't paying attention this would give implicit feedback to the professor without actually asking for it and also manage to further improve the lectures in the future but it also has a different application with this same information, when you know when the student wasn't attention, paying attention not, what you can do is create summary videos of the lectures, but those summary videos are individualized for every person. Based on their attention map, you can know if when they didn't focus and when they focus and give them the relevant information from the lecture in order to further improve their understanding for that particular student. So there is a very beneficial way to actually improve the learning experience from the student and from the teacher doing the lecture with such technology. Again, if it's not abused in a, let's say, dystopian way.
0: Yeah, like... Screaming on uh, students that are not paying attention or stuff like that. It's, But let's hope it uh, will be all good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, so so far we talked about like evaluating student performance but there is research into evaluation of teachers and uh, courses as following and it was done based on online courses where the researchers took subtitles of the course and built models to analyze it and in that the, uh, they they started from Let's say simple rule-based approach where they analyze like concreteness of of the course meaning like how many named entities like specific terms numbers years used in the course. Also emotions of the teachers like what, what words they are using because there is words that show your confidence like. Mm. No good example. Okay, that's not good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, uh, they analyzed emotion uh, emotions that uh, teacher said. Do they try to use some like strong adjectives like this amazing example or stuff like that? With that they an- uh, analyzed and build model just to analyze like a, a correctness and to see the correlation with the course rating so they, they would say that like courses with good rating uh, are good courses and then they continue their study to build more complex language models they trained a bird to analyze all the subtitles and uh, they they found they found like quite high accuracy in predicting uh, predicting um, Rating of the course just on textual and uh, subtitles, but what f- also I found very interesting, what mentioned in that article is how they analyze the course structure. So they built basically graph from those lectures, and as a no, uh, as a link between nodes, they used textual similarity from those courses because the lesson one should be somehow similar to lesson two because they have to talk about similar stuff, but not completely similar.
1: So now we have a system where we could improve students, and we can improve the teachers, and over the time the courses will become better and better giving a good overall learning experience. Now, there are other ways to improve education. One way would be gamification, and you could use AI to enhance that gamification. But I would say that's kind of out of scope for now in this particular episode.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, but I think we can talk about gamification and in general, I think it gamification is a very cool thing to innovate a lot of parts of life, especially education, because now uh, with all the modern technology, especially social media and TikTok, kids have a very small attention span. Even like not kids, I have very small attention span. So if I don't get that ga- gaming part of learning, it's uh, really hard to focus on something for a long time. I agree. I would say gamification was even useful 20
1: years ago, independent of of, a, of attention span, because even if you have the attention span, maybe it's just boring, the subject. I know when I was in school, all searching was boring because either maybe the teacher could, could do a good way to present it. But I know for a fact that if you make it fun as in a game, then it's a fun experience. Like learning should be fun, right? So I don't see... I fundamentally, I see the need of gamification in education because education should be fun,
0: not something you should be just doing (laughs) per se. So uh, how how it can be connected with AI? I think AI can detect when the student needs some push or some motivation uh, uh, to learn and it can give some like, if you talk like if you take it as a game, some prizes, some validation, and then it can put students in good mood and push them to learn more. If we could take this
1: idea which you said with games, if we think back with our second episode, video games in AI, there we talked about how these director systems can improve the game to maximize the fun in the student. And the same principles could be used. The CMAI AI system can be modified to make these learning games more fun for the student, right? And, and more or less what we're trying to do in this case, maximize the flow state where the student is not overwhelmed, but it's not so easy that like, what is this boring exercise? So with this, I can definitely see AI, everything what we learn about games, we could
0: kind of apply in, in the gamification process of learning. Uh. I think we, we should also mention some difficulties of doing AI in education, especially the time that needed to perform experiment is quite long. So if you do it in terms of one online course, you need people to com- completely do the online course and there is a lot of individual variables like background and education level before starting the course, which play a major role. So uh, you need big group of people to perform a test. And for now, most of the tests are done in A, B testing, where one group gets a new pool system to learn and other is using standard and those results are compared. That's a problem of just taking time to perform experiment. But for an optimistic
1: view on the future is that collecting data becomes more easier than ever before since a lot of people are doing online learning. And this allows a lot of either companies but also university to actually gather that data in order to prove their systems and their education, which I would say in the past would not be possible since I don't think a lot of students are comfortable with a camera in the lecture hall.
0: Yes. <laughs> But now everybody got used to sitting in front of camera for (laughs) all lecture time. So it should be maybe a new culture and maybe a better... uh, I think the generation of teachers that are teaching online now will be more open to implement new technologies in their work.
1: I can relate to that since I've been teaching online data science... And what, what I'm doing in my lectures, instead of like just me talking on with some PowerPoint slides, we actually make it a gamification out of it, where we have quizzes and live exercises, and also a lot of let's say interactive games, where over t- where in the end of the of the lecture they're like a leaderboard, and where a lot of points are the the students who are the, who manage to score the amount of points wins, and I seen by based on my feedback, students since the semester is now over very positive feedback since it's fun, right? (laughs) Who who doesn't like games? (laughs) Okay. The last frontier of education. Students, check. Lecture, lecturers, check. Courses, check. How can we maybe help find policies to improve the education system? How can AI help really the overall education system and not only on, the, on on a big scale and not on this small scale?
0: Do you suggest to replace all old politicians with AI
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe I don't know sure about that uh, is, is there a political view on this like you know there's a Democrats, a republican was the AI uh, <laughs> equivalent of that <laughs> AI anarchist? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Anarchist AI. Uh, Anarchist AI. (laughs) Maybe. uh, I don't know if that's really... I think that's too... We cannot trust AI so, so far when it comes to policies. But what we can definitely give... What we can definitely help our politicians with AI, where we somehow aggregate the data in a way that is useful for them. So... I'm just thinking now of the future, one one thing would be to maybe use reinforcement learning to test different learning systems, maybe. If the politicians would like to introduce a policy and they would like to simulate how that education system would change with some student agents and some lecture agents thinking like a high level, they could maybe get rough estimate if this idea is good or bad. Furthermore... Maybe there's a policy introduced with the changes in in the system, so course satisfaction, student satisfaction, all those other metrics which are calculated with AI. The politician could then improve their policies or maybe fine-tune the policies depending on their results. Finally, where I could think on the big-picture scale is stuff like marginalization, discrimination, and uh, stuff like that where minorities are kind of, you know, disappearing from the systems. I know by myself since, uh, okay, I'm not sure if I want to open that topic. So um, I, maybe I'm not the right person to talk about discrimination or racism or stuff like this since I'm basically white male. But mm, what I can say is that I've dealt, in at least in the education system, discrimination. So when I first arrived in Austria, in my first year of high school, I didn't use so much German. I have kind of forgot my German when I was when younger. I would knew German, but I kind of forgot afterwards. And when I started high school, my German was quite bad. And the way the system was that if in half a year I prove my German, I can do an exam, a German exam. And if I pass that German exam, then I can continue high school normally and without any problem. I don't need to repeat the year. And what happened for me is that I passed that German exam, but my teacher didn't really want me to pass. Like she said, like she went to director, made like a big fuss about it. And like, I should repeat the year and stuff like this. Also maybe saying some words, which she she should not say. Uh, Nevertheless, what happened at the end is I left at high school. in the end the, the director said, like you know it's your choice. like if you want to continue or not, it's not we don't you don't have to repeat. But you know, after that big sh- show mass, I didn't want to go to that high school was my best decision ever. But I could I can tell you I was systematically discriminated also by our teachers. Due to lack of my German, so one of the things was in Spanish. Actually, Spanish was quite good, but I actually just got like a fairly, just barely passed, even though my Spanish was very good. And this was mainly, I don't know, Spanish was very easy for me, at least, and languages in general. So looking back... You could with data, you could actually track something like, Oh, there's something wrong, there's some potential. Like, not necessarily, Oh, this teacher, this student is uh discriminator or something like this, but I think you could kind of detect there's some un- unusual behavior. Is it the student because he's not learning, or is it something more systematic happening in there, some discrimination or something like that? And I think AI could definitely help to find those marginalized uh, students or. In what a, or students who might be affected by the school system, which you might know, you also may heard the horror stories of students who <laughs> suffered in high school, uh, mainly because if I of, <laughs> because I didn't agree with the
0: teacher because <laughs> I didn't agree with the
1: teacher, which is basically the main yeah. reason, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> That's how I got into like field of mathematics because I hated my high school math- mathematics teacher and I had to like learn math on my own and with a tutor to be able to pass high school uh, mathematics because I was having trouble with my high school teacher of math. <laughs> so you kind of have to thank him because now you're a data scientist. I <laughs> <laughs> <No>, don't think. <say. laughs> Should,
1: should I thank for this? <laughs> <laughs> right? Stockholm Syndrome, right? Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Central. You thank for the <laughs> unfortunate, right? Like, I, I, I couldn't I could say the same. I think if I wouldn't retreat the, the semester, I wouldn't go to this our high school, which I went where I had amazing experience. I, I really wouldn't ever change that ever, like for anything. That was my best high school, screen to the our high school. But this, high, if I would never. I didn't know this high school existed when I arrived to Austria, I knew afterwards, so I'm glad, you know, with this opportunity since I, I think I would never develop so much, myself so much as if I would stay at this high school.